It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Good stuff here. The uh, divorce is official. <laughs> I don't know where you get these headlines, Pop, but man, I get I missed out this morning. TMZ. Oh, is that what it is? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, live here, Living the Good Life Radio Network here. Dallas, Texas, although connected to Los Angeles with our buddy from the Sports Gambling Podcast. We've got Ryan Kramer back with us right now. What's going on, man? Wait, actually, hold on one second. We got Hold on one second. There he is. What's going on, man? Hate to be cliche, but what what a time to be alive. Week 8 in the NFL and as Giants fans, we're still into the we're still in it. I just wow. That's amazing. I yeah. I mean, honestly, like Michael Strahan is just—he's losing his mind. He's getting right? it all together. You know what? He—if you watched him, actually, the whole crew on Fox—they were like with that last play. They were like one yard. Oh my gosh! I think the whole country was like, "What's going?" Yeah, that was, was close. Ryan. I was really nervous. And and shout out to Bob Papa on the Giants radio team because I, I've really been enjoying his calls at the end of some of these games. I mean, look, we can nitpick and say, hey, there were some really, really bogus calls on that last drive. Like, how can you possibly run 10, 11 plays in whatever it was, a minute and three seconds? But again, you know, let the rest of the media talk about it. How lucky is this team every week? Well, they keep piling up those wins. And at some point, you know, we're looking at a situation now where they can go 500 and make the playoffs. So they don't even have to be a great team from here on out. Yeah, and a win is a win. I don't care how they do it. I got to I gotta be honest with you, though. I mean, it, it's disrespectful, you know, as a giant. You know, I'm part of the team, as you know, <laughs> as I like to say. But, you know, it's I find it very disrespectful that people are having that stance. I mean, we beat the Packers. We beat the Ravens, who just destroyed Captain America on Thursday Night Football. I mean, I don't know what more they could do. Now, they have the Seahawks this week, and every Ram fan and 49er fans rooting for the Giants, right? I mean, that's how we look at it. So we've got a huge fan base. But I don't know what more the Giants can do. I don't know. I mean, it does. It's fun to talk about what teams that get lucky, you know, teams that are overperforming. They're they're uh, they're 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 getting lucky in the win column, I guess, because they're getting outgained. They're they're doing things that aren't sustainable, like stopping teams on third down. But what I would tell people is like, if you eliminate those first three games of the season, the the Titans, the Panthers, and the Giants are in the Cowboys game, which unfortunately we lost. This is a Giants team that is fifth in offensive DVOA. 19th and defensive DVO, which DVOA, which sounds a lot more like a pretty good team. I mean, the fact that Dan Jones and that practice squad group of receivers can can get to fifth and DVOA, that's really impressive. And yeah. now they've shipped Kadarius Tony out of town. It sounds like he's healthy. He just the word on the street is he could not learn the playbook. So uh, shout out to the to the Dable and Shane for getting him out of here because they're clearly building a culture. But that's the part that you can see. The football guys, people that played the game before, they appreciate what's going on. The spreadsheet nerds that love to look at analytics, they're the ones that are saying, hey, this team is this full of crap. They're lucky. And so, you know what? At some point, you know, maybe they'll get their ass kicked by the, the, the Seahawks this weekend. But it's a tough spot. It's a long road trip. It's against the team. That being said, Giants fans, we're, we're confident, right? We're like, we feel is going to get it done. They need to in that waning moment. 
like the last almost decade where we always we lost those games. We lost the coin flip game. So perhaps this is just regression from a decade of horrible coaching. Yeah, it could be that. Um, you know, I mean, we get a couple we get a couple good uh, draft picks, but you know, trade deadlines coming soon, and you know, you're seeing a lot of teams that are in contention. Let's just say, you know, guy uh, teams that you know should do a, do very well going forward. Eagles are making moves. I mean, it seems like a lot of teams are making moves actually. And the Giants are just giving away talent, getting some draft picks. But right now, this is the best season they have had in over a decade. So you would assume that they are going to do something real soon. Like they're going to strengthen their defensive line. Maybe, uh, you know, with Neil out, they got to maybe put someone there. They got to find some talent, man. And they also, I think they need another receiver. And there's guys that are available right now. There's guys that they could do deals with. So what do you what do you look for in the future here, the near future? We're talking days for the Giants. I feel like most of these, this is like an NBA thing that's leaking into the NFL. These trade deadline deals, like five, ten years ago, they weren't happening at all. And and I would dare you to go back and find me a, a, an example of one of these midseason football deals that turned out well. Football is different than other sports. It takes a bit to get assimilated into the team. And I like I, I if the Giants do no trading for anyone, I'm happy. I, I think this GM has a plan. I think I think it would be nice if they ha- they went out and got another receiver. They just don't have any money. Like part of the the the, the cool part of this Kadarius Tony trade is it frees up some cap space. I don't know if you know this, but they've actually been running with a 52 man roster to avoid paying additional salary. That's how strapped they were for money, thanks to Dave Gettleman. And so I think this is my my thing would be as long as they don't take on any money in the future, any additional commitment. I like what Joe Shane, the plan is to clear the cap and, you know, build through the draft, build through their guys. I think Giants fans might be sad, but I don't think there's going to be a deal for them, at least receiving a player. Now, if they pull off a magical trade and get rid of Kenny Galladay for a useful receiver, I'll be very, very proud of Joe Shane. Yeah. I mean, like you said, man, you teased me a few weeks ago with that Gabe Davis talk, and I almost like it was like getting married all over again for me. Um, the Bears coming off a huge win, beating the Patriots, which shocked, shocked, shocked the nation. How huge is that, really? I mean, it is big. Is Tampa Bay playing that great this year? Well, no, I was talking about the Patriots. I'm thinking of Tom Brady. But technically, they're not playing well either, though. Exactly. But, you know, the Bears were never favored in that game. I mean, let's be honest. And, you know, they beat them. Which means if they could beat the Patriots, look, the problem is the Cowboys are, are way better, in my opinion. And, you know, that defense is no joke. Did did Dak Prescott impress you enough, Ryan, to show, hey, you know, he, it was definitely needed. To, we needed to brush him back even before their bye. No, I don't think so. I think, if anything, he didn't look all that great at all. They were beating a pretty bad I mean Detroit's a horrible team on the road and they were only winning 10-6 before the 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 flood uh the the dam broke in the fourth quarter and the defense scored some points I'm not you know Cooper Rush can run the offense I think Dak is definitely better he can make more throws but you know coming back to the Bears uh and you want a fun conspiracy theory Belichick didn't want to beat the Bears and and take over the all-time winningest coach 
uh, mantle over George Hallis because he had so much respect for the coach and the Bears. <laughs> Sounds a little silly to me. I, I you know, to me, this was just a, a case of the Bears finally realizing that Justin Fields is an all-world elite running talent. And basically, the Patriots were spying him the entire game, and he was just making the spy, uh, you know, not tackle him. He's just an amazing player, and they just weren't using him right. So I guess if you're a Bears fan, you're optimistic that Justin Fields is being used the right way. As a Giants fan, it pisses me off because now people are giving the coaching staff of the Bears credit. Like, again, like positive coaching should matter. And, yeah, they figured out that Justin Fields should run the ball more. So am I surprised the Patriots got their, got really beat? Yeah, I, I was. That, that was a surprising output. Was I surprised by Bill Belichick in the postgame pressers not being able to do his normal non speak because he played both quarterbacks and it was very confusing and he totally didn't bench Mac Jones because of performance. It was all part of the plan. I think that game, like something was going on with, with the Patriots in that game. And I think it just threw everything off and the, the bears played the perfect upset role, right? They got up early. They, they, they weathered the storm when Bailey Zappi came in and looked all world and, and the, the, the boo birds came out for Mac Jones and then Justin Fields used his legs. And that, that was the difference in the game. Uh, playing the Cowboys, do you think, I mean, do they go six and two or they got, got to assume they do, right? I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm allergic to taking the Cowboys I and I was, frankly, I was a little surprised to see how big this number was because I think the, the, the strength of this Dallas defense is their pass defense. And if the Bears come out and, and operate a lot like some of these teams this year where they just decide they're going to run the ball, the quarterback's going to run the ball 15 times, David Montgomery is going to get 20 carries, Khalil Herbert's going to get 10 carries, I think they'll keep this game close. And I think the, the nine and a half, ten 10 points feels a little bit like we're, we're handicapping a Dallas team that has an explosive offense, and they were not explosive against the Detroit defense last week. That is horrible. I like the Bears. I've been driving around the Dallas Metroplex this past uh, five days, and uh, a lot of ardent, uh, rapid uh, Cowboy fans are uh, a little skeptical, a little bit uh, concerned. Well, it's it's totally the kind of game you lose, right? Like, right. You're, oh, nine-and-a-half-point favorite, nothing to worry about here. I mean, we've seen it. Giant dogs are winning outright in the NFL this year. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, let's get into a couple games here. Uh, we covered the Bears and Cowboys, Giants, Seahawks. Uh, you know, this is a game where, you know, look at at the end of the day, why not even assume that the Giants could beat the Seahawks? It's in Seattle. Um, what's the spread? I mean, I got to assume that we're getting disrespected again. Seattle's a favorite. Seattle is a favorite, and I think it's minus three. Look, which, you know, in years past, that would actually say the Giants are getting a little respect because of that Seattle home field. Right. I, I To me, it's just you're looking at this team as a dog, and they just keep winning games. <laughs> and if there's one <laughs> – like, this is going to be a shootout. The fact that this is the single game that we have on the NFL Week 8 slate between yeah. winning teams is absolutely mind-blowing. I think this is going to be a fun offensive battle. I, I think the fact that DK Metcalf is out is is going to matter. And, and I, until I see a team stop Dan Jones, Saquon Barkley, in this running attack, I, I'm going to keep betting on it. And and once again, we're talking about a Giants team, and people will say this isn't sustainable. They'll tell you it's not sustainable to to, to lose the first half every week and win the second half. But they are outscoring their opponents 97 to 55 in the second half. 
That is coaching adjustments. That is Wink Martindale and his genius defensive schemes. And that is Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, finding ways to get the run game going. The coolest thing about that Jags win last week, when they were on their last offensive possession, they ran the same power play eight straight times, basically. Yeah, and they won the they won the game on the ground. It's old school. It's old school football. I love it. Obviously, I'm taking the Giants. Yeah, me too. And Danny Dimes' uh, completion percentage keeps getting better. And uh, I don't know what the actual percentage is, but it seems like they're they're uh, converting third downs like it's like it's like a piece of cake. And it's even crazier. He becomes like a top five quarterback if you look at adjusted completion percentage when you remove things like drops. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those things. If he was any other quarterback, we would be talking about, wow, if he had better receivers. Because what do we say about Aaron Rodgers? If, oh, he, he needs rec- – they're doing it with practice squad guys and a second rounder who everyone said was too small in w- Wandell Robinson. So I just love how this coaching staff – they have a plan. Yeah, they they understand, like, oh, you're a square peg? Let me find a square pe- a hole to put you in. I, I think that's the bottom line. And you see so often across the NFL where coaches just do, do not – they do not want to play, do the best for their players. And so, yeah, I guess that's going to create a little EV at the end. Um, Jets and Patriots moving along here with another New York team. And, you know, this is, uh, this is uh, uh, an inter- and I think, an important game for both, obviously. Um, Patriots, three and four. I never – I mean, I love – that tastes actually really good to me. Five and two for the New York Jets. Um, that's, that's surprising. It's, well, you know what? Here's the problem, guys. I mean, you, you've got a really good team in the New York Jets all of a sudden. You lose your star running back in Brees Hall for the entire season now. They bring over James Robinson. How how does this affect the Giants, um, you know, from a mental perspective? And can they kind of uh, use that um, and jump over this obstacle and maybe win this game? Uh like for again in season trade, I guess running back is the best kind because that's an easier position to get assimilated. I think I was actually surprised to see that they traded for a running back. I think Mark Michael Carter's pretty good. Uh, we've seen him have success. Ty Johnson also has, has shown success with this team, but Brees Hall was such a big part of that offense. The way that he would those explosive plays were really the difference between the Jets being five and two and two and five. And so I, I would be very worried if I was a Jets fan. Because Brees Hall was, it's kind of like the Saquon Barkley thing where he's just, he can do things that other guys can't and he allows to create points. You know, maybe it's a five yard run for the backup, but he turns it into a 60 yarder. This is more of just Belichick beats the crap out of the Jets and the Browns. Why? Because he hates those franchises. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but, but go ahead. No, I was saying you were so right uh, with regards to uh, some grudges. He, he just has a problem with these franchises. And, you know, maybe it was a look-ahead spot to your, you know, a sleepy spot where you're a huge favorite against the Bears. You get woken up. There's so many angles. Like, Belichick, after they get their butt kicked, <laughs> this is a rare time where the Patriots underperform the spread by over three touchdowns. Um, there's just so many, so many angles. And then, you, oh, by the way, he's 35-11 and 11 straight up versus the Jets in his career. Like, he just he just focuses a little harder when they're playing the Jets. So, to me, this is I'm either laying the two and a half with the Patriots or I'm passing. Another fun nugget about the Jets this year, they've not played in a single game where, where both teams have had their, like, preseason starting quarterback. So, we've had some kind of interesting, you know, maybe they've gotten some help by, you know, say Tua was out and then the the backup Teddy Bridgewater got hurt and they had, they got to go against a Skylar Thompson. So I, 
I think this Jets team might be, you know, similar to the Giants where there's a little bit of inflation. They've had some positive results, but the difference is the Giants still have Saquon Barkley. The Jets don't have Brees Hall anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, Saquon was doing things last week I didn't think was possible of the human body. And, I mean, it's just – I mean, he was breaking ankles, and he's just – he knows how to get the job done. He knows, you know, what's important. And he has that great NFL IQ, which I I think is really important. He almost stayed in bounds. um, But at the end of the day, they got the win. But here's someone who desperately needs a win, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, but this is a problem, I mean, they're playing the best team in the league right now, and I think they are really, you know, the best team. They have played some easier teams, but at the end of the day, look at their record, um, and they're playing a team that, you know, I don't know. I just, it's really hard to say what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do on a week to week basis, and Najee Harris is really, he hasn't really showed up. This is a, a tricky matchup. The Eagles obviously traded for Robert Quinn, who if you ask a Bears fan, Robert Quinn is washed up. If you ask an Eagles fan, they just fleeced him. Bears are paying his salary. He's going to help them win the Super Bowl. <laughs> that being said, I, I this is a huge spread, and, and I'm a sucker for Mike Tomlin when he's a dog, and I know we just watched them get their butts kicked by the Bills a couple weeks back, but... You know, I think there is a little juice to the interstate rivalry. I think there's a little bit of juice to Mike Tomlin being able to lean into the disrespect angle, catching all these points. And and frankly, we haven't seen the Eagles be pushed in the second half, so maybe it won't happen again. But I think if there's anything I've learned from Kenny Pickett, he plans on throwing until they don't let him throw anymore. And my, my, my concern for the, the Philly cover would be, defensive touchdown a pick six late or something like that other than that I, I i expect them to use Najee this week i think they're gonna i i think they could have some positive matchups we've seen how good those defensive backs for the eagles are but chase, chase claypool uh deontay johnson george pickens like that's rounding up into a pretty good uh top three receiver so if, if i was forced to pick a side here there's no I don't think I'm going to lay the points with the Eagles coming off the bye. This is a this is not a super important game for them, a non-conference game like this. So I, I could see that the Tomlin-led uh, Steelers having a little bit more juice than the Eagles, and uh, you know maybe we see that negative second half point differential for the Eagles coming to hand here. I would like though, as a I'm so selfish, I would like to have them have a, a just a loss in that column. There just you know makes me feel a lot better. Um, Big conference game, yeah, my yeah. downtrodden Rams against the uh, 49ers. Uh, I just, I'm a little bit uh, down on the Rams. Uh, damn quarterback uh, just keeps throwing interceptions. Uh, I you guess know, honestly, though, I, I here's the thing. And, Ryan, you, you add some light to this because I personally, I can't blame Matt Stafford for everything. I mean, no. let's be honest. He's throwing a lot of interceptions. I think, you know, a lot of them have been tipped. But he's also maybe getting a little too greedy. You got to give him a little slack, though. I mean, he does not have Whitworth anymore. He doesn't have the line that he had. I mean, let's be honest. Now, I think he gets someone back this week on the, on the line. And honestly, like, he's getting Van Jefferson back, which, you know, look it. It's Van Jefferson. I get it. But... He does add that extra body, which I think uh, will allow Cooper Cup to maybe have a little bit more time, a little bit more breathing room, if you will. Um, Debo Samuel, I think, is a game-time decision. I don't even see him playing this game. So I honestly got to lean towards Rams on this. What's your take? 
Uh, unfortunately, Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. <laughs> Sean McVay is three and two coming off the bye. Yeah. But if you look at regular season games, five in a row have gone to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. It's a yeah. small spread, so you're basically just playing play. the money line. And I believe four straight years, the Rams have thrown a pick six to oh. the San Francisco 49ers. They've already thrown one this year, so maybe Stafford gets away. But to your point, I think, you know, not to tie everything back to the Giants, but we're making excuses for Matt Stafford. He doesn't have the time. I think to, to your – the Van Jefferson point is a great one. Allen Robinson has not been anything to them. So maybe having a second option yeah. out, or a third option outside of Higby and Cup – but until Sean McVay shows me he can beat Kyle Shanahan, I just I can't in good judgment pick against it. But what do you do? I mean, honestly, uh, if Debo is out and he has such a huge impact for this team, you do have Christian McCaffrey. Now he's got a week to kind of learn a little bit more of the playbook, although a running back, as you know, as you've mentioned, I mean, it's not that difficult to kind of just do your job. But at the end of the day, who are you going to have? Ayuk? You'll have George Kittle, uh, the battle of the tight ends possibly in this game. Um, who else is on the 49ers that kind of can fill a void? I don't think you can fill that void, really. I mean, I think you're just going to have to see. It, it, like, this is the game where you have a big Kittle game. You have a big Christian McCaffrey game. Christian be. McCaffrey just had a decent game, he a pretty did. good game on the Panthers against the Rams. So. Right. You know, you would think now that he's fully up to speed, it's not going to be him trading time with Jeff Wilson. That that's what I would if I if if I'm Shanahan, that's what I would expect to see. Roll out your new toy. It, it helps kind of complement the, the George the George Kittle thing. And and you know, dirty little secret. Debo's been pretty bad this year. He's been pretty inefficient. He hasn't been the player he was last year. And and, and I think he's in the top five and even drops. So Brandon Ayuk is a great receiver. He is. Uh, even like Juwan Jennings, like okay. that's the kind of guy, a big, strong receiver. We could see him step up in this spot. And frankly, though, I, I would I would expect this to be a McCaffrey game. Uh, if I was playing DFS or fantasy, like this, this would be a good time to maybe see McCaffrey back to that six, seven, eight catch type of role. Um, and, and I think for, for their defense, it's all about just that pass rush. You nailed it, right? The offensive line's been bad, and now we have a Bosa brother lining up on the other side. I so saw that too. It, I think Stafford, like this could be a game where we're concerned about Stafford's well-being. Um, so apologies <laughs> to your Rams, but I think this is, this is a tough week for them. You get hurt. <laughs> oh, man, that was uh, some good stuff there. It's a great week, obviously. I can't believe it. Basically halfway through the season, it's going really fast here. Um, any like just kind of any team that stands out that shouldn't win, but you actually think will win t this week. Cardinals. I mean, I think I, yeah, Cardinals are a great. That's a great example. I'll talk about that game because yeah. the Minnesota Vikings are are five and one. Like this is a, another team with a great record who yeah. hasn't exactly been great on the stat sheet. Meanwhile, you have Kyler Murray who mm. got his he got his he got his guy back D Hop, and we yeah. saw the difference in that offense yeah. when D Hop was there and when he wasn't there. So. You add in the fact that Cliff and Kyler are tremendous, like north of 70% covering spreads on the road and winning the game outright. So to me, this is a game where I'm definitely going to take the three and a half points with Arizona, but I would very much look for them to be a, a live money line dog. I think Kyler, I mean, so much is being made now about this Call of Duty nonsense that Kyler, <laughs> I think, is almost 
insulted as a human. Like clearly Kyler has an ego and yeah. clearly Kyler didn't like people talking about the, the contract thing. He called a press conference. Well, now mainstream media is pointing out that, like call of duty warfare is like new campaign <laughs> came out last week and the multiplayer maps are released this week. And yeah. it's like, yeah. okay, <laughs> Kyler, like this is one of those things where we almost have to zag now. Too many people are on that trend. So yeah, I love, I love the Arizona Cardinals. Like that's a good matchup of like bad record versus good record where I really like the, the Cardinals as the, as the spot there. Yep. I agree. Early morning game Broncos. Are uh, they in London? They are in London. They're in England. London town. Um, man, I, you know, I, I hate to end on this note, but like, this is a this is a team that's just it's almost depressing to watch because this is Russell Wilson guys. I mean, this is a guy who should be impressing us every week, and it's completely the opposite. And I first of all, is he going to start? That hasn't what? been announced. It sounds like it. Is yeah, he, he's it's, got it's, issues, man. He's got a lot of issues. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw the uh, the reports that he was uh, four of the eight hour flight yeah, from that. Denver to London. He was doing high knees and stretching in the aisle. Wow. I think we have to take this a, a step back and start an, uh, examining Russell Wilson because we we all I have the same thing. I used to love the guy. He was just a gamer. But if we go all the way back to his career at NC State, he was asked to leave before his last year of eligibility so that Mike Glennon could come in and be the starter as this big-time recruit. Why? Maybe he wasn't a great team leader. He then goes to Wisconsin, only there one year. Falls in the draft of the third round. Why? I don't know. I don't want to cite the movie Draft Day, but maybe no one went to his birthday party. I don't know if this guy was a team leader. Then you get, then you get to Seattle, and we all know that Pete Carroll, all-time great head coach, one of the few that have done it at the college level and yeah. the pro level. Yeah. He, he, he must say, have kept him afloat, and now he leaves, and not only does he look like one of the worst quarterbacks ever, he, he looks he looks so bad that they're talking about firing a first-year head coach and leaving him in London, basically. The word on the street is if they, Denver loses, Hackett will be a extended stay over in London. Right. To me, there's no way you can bet on this Broncos team until further notice. This defense is holding teams to 16 points a game, and they are 2-5. and five. That is a massive red flag. Sixteen points a game. You should be five and two with that. And so, until they can show me anything on the offensive side of the ball, sorry, I, I just I just can't buy in. And then on the other side, the Jags. This is an organization that goes to London every year. They know what this trip's all about. They know how to do it. So, I think this Jags team has been unfortunate, unlike my Giants. And this is a spot where I, I I absolutely love the Jags laying the two, laying the two and a half points here. I think you know it's it's a it's a random spot where they are the home team. Like you'll see more Jags jerseys in this stand. Like they've kind of adopted the the city of London. And frankly, to me, this is just a fade rust spot. But I, I like the Jags as well, so I'm going to lay the points. Wow, talk about uh, chewing gum and coaching at the same time, Pete Carroll. <laughs> this guy going through a whole pack, and maybe it's helping him this year. <laughs> Uh, hopefully uh, not this week. All right. Well, hey, man. I mean, that, look at good takes. Uh, honestly, uh, yeah, I I don't know what to say except for the fact that uh, this is uh, has been a great start of the season. I think I've been really impressed uh, not only with our Giants, but uh, to see so many great teams have struggles just only shows you that you got to win and you got to play every single week. I mean, it's stay healthy. It's stay healthy. Uh, it's not just a matter of what looks good on paper. You know what I mean? I mean, Tom Brady's got 
more struggles than I've ever seen in my life. And what are you going to blame his personal life every single week? At a certain point, you got to blame other things. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't know. Doesn't have that extra receiver. <laughs> It doesn't have a lot of things going on right now. Aaron Rodgers, the you know the battle. These veterans are just struggling. Ryan, crazy time. You think about all the top teams, like all a lot of the teams we thought were going to be good are struggling. A lot of the teams we thought were going to be really bad: Giants, Seahawks, Jets, like yep. real bad. Falcons. I mean, I'm sitting on t a ticket for the Falcons to win their division at thirty to one, and you know if they win this weekend, they will be in sole possession of first place. I think it's been. I mean, it just shows you how great the NFL is. It, it, it's a, it's a true team sport, and it's a, a sport of coaching. And if you're not doing things as a unit, it's easy to lose some games. You yeah. are headed to what College Station, huh? What you doing there, man? Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're heading to College Station. We'll be tailgating. Uh, unfortunately, Texas A&M has turned into a dumpster fire, but we'll be there hanging out, uh, giving out some free beer, and uh, checking out Ole Miss, Texas A&M. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, ooh, home to so many great giants. Ole Miss doesn't get much better than that. Ryan Kramer, Sports Gambling Podcast. You can find him on Instagram. You name it. Appreciate everything, bud. Cheers, man. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. Clearly in Hollywood, laying on the screen. You just need a better life.